Mimosas with Michael. Mimosas with Michael. Mimosas with Michael. Hey everybody, it's Michael Cologne with Mimosas with Michael, and I have a really cool lady on today. By the name, she just goes by Jillian, kind of like Madonna. This is Jillian. How are you, Jillian? I'm good, Michael. How are you doing? Wait, does that mean you're the new Madonna? I mean, I would, I could only be so honored. I know. <laughs> Except I don't sing and dance. <laughs> That's okay. That's okay. You can, just, you can just be Jillian. I love it. You know, we'll just have your your name in lights, like Roxy from um from the musical. Why can't I think of that? Chicago. Well, I mean, I do also, I, I use my middle name as my last name, Rose, and yeah. it really works for um, branding purposes because I use roses and, and everything and logos and I just, it's great. It's perfect. So that sounds so pretty because then you're like, you can make little like greeting cards and business. It's always got the little logo. That's kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I wish I was, I wish I was clever to think of something like that. My middle name is Joseph. What am I going to do? I have pictures of Jesus because he was, you know, Jesus's father. Yeah, you could just have a cross and a mini stick figure on it. Can I say something like that? That's not appropriate. <laughs> no. Well, so, I mean, what, what would you associate with Joseph? Like, you have Rose. Like, oh, no, no, the, co- the, uh, the, the color coat, the colored coat. Oh, the, the Technicolor dream coat. Yeah, the Technicolor dream coat, yeah. It's still a religious reference in a sense. Yeah. Okay. I, I mean, is religion still a thing? <laughs> I think only if you're a Republican. Wait, can it's we say that? Oh, oh my God. You, it's like you literally can't say anything anymore between after this pandemic and with this, no. I mean, we'll definitely can't even get into the election talk as that's just like, okay. No. Yeah. Unless, unless your listeners are cool. <laughs> no, I have really cool listeners. It's just, we're not, a, this is more of like a, an artistic sort of inspirational motivational yeah. thing. I don't yeah, know if that's I, really. Yeah, no, no politics. <laughs> well, no. can't talk about politics or religion. Yeah. Well, I guess the show's over then. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. yeah. The pleasure no, seeing you. No. Mm-mm. So you're a writer. I am. I know. I read your blogs. They're great. Oh, thank you. And and I I did read your COVID one. It's very funny. You have a lot of good <laughs> valid points. Yeah. <laughs> because I have a lot of friends that are working out during this pandemic. And I'm like, why? I can't. I have no energy. I just, when I hear about random people that have lost weight during COVID, I'm just like, get out of my life. I'm just... Yeah. You're well, look, I, I'm proud of them. When 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 the COVID, when the pandemic, I am too. I'm jealous. Yeah, that's really <laughs> what it is. God, yeah. we're such player haters. As I know, I know. Oh yeah, wait, hey, we should clink. Let's clink. Hmm. Wait, let me make it two, double frame real quick. Okay, and clink. Cheers. Cheers. Mimosas with Michael. Ooh, mimosas with Michael. Anyways, I have a lot of friends, and I'm very proud of them. When the pandemic first started, I was working out a little bit because it was mm-hmm. cooler, you know. But then it's like, it got hot. um, Were you doing like the home video workouts like on YouTube or Instagram TV? I mean, I kind of just did my own thing. I was just like, I would keep track of like every day I would do like 100 push-ups, 100 sit-ups and 100 sit-ups, push-ups, something else that was, oh, uh, um, squats. Squats. Oh, okay. Because I figured with with that, at least I was being active Mm -hmm. and then I would walk every day 
around the yeah. neighborhood. But then it got so hot, it was too hot to walk. Right. And it was also studying photography, so I was like, well, it just was give me something to do. But then, I don't know, quarantine fatigue and everything, you just kind of like, fall, you know, no work. Oh. Just everything, just it kind of weighs on you. And you're like, you know what? I'm going to acquiesce to this. <laughs> just just deal with it. So Yeah. Yeah, no, I I totally agree. I was I went I went nuts without being able to do any exercise for Yeah, cuz you're a runner. I so I am a runner actually. Um Los Angeles got me into running because, you know, you, can. you just can't beat the weather. Yeah. And uh in January, January 4th, I got a stress fracture. Stress Well, that's hard to say. Stress fracture yeah, in my hard. in my toe. And you know what? I I should have known right from there, the fourth day of the year, that something messed up happened. That oh, yeah, without really a doubt. Yeah. Shit. Like, I should have just, re- I, and you know, what? I kind of realized, I think I had a feeling. I'm, I'm like, I'm very psychic. It's so, the worst part of you. Right. So I, I had, a, I had to be in a boot for about six weeks. And I said to the doctor, well, what am I supposed to do? Because runners can't just like sit around. We go batshit crazy and I'll just get really fat. And this is Los Angeles. You can't just get really fat. It doesn't happen. No. And he said, well, you can do upper body strength. And I said, well, I'm not, I might go to gold's gym, but I'm not like a big beef eater here, you know? Yeah. And you're not you're right. So I said, well, can I swim? Cause I actually swam one year in high school. I drowned the whole season, but you know, I still but you made it. it. Yeah. I still made it. So, and I wrote about this too on my, um, on a blog post. So I got into swimming. Um, nice. Okay. Yeah. So I do run still occasionally, but my body cannot handle the runs I used to do by any means. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry to hear that. No, that's okay. okay. That's okay. Cause you're also a writer. You yeah. don't need, you don't, need your, you don't need your feet to write. No, I don't need my feet to write. So I just, need, I just need these. Just yeah, your little fingers. Right. Um, so you you tell us about your book. Cool. So I published uh, a novel called Don't Kiss and Sell, That's and right. it's based on a about a, like a twenty five year old woman who is in a high pressure sales job. And she, in order to climb the corporate ladder, she starts doing really well at her job and it becomes addicting. But in order to keep up with the long days, she starts dabbling into Adderall, you know, starts to abuse it. And then she ends up doing that thing that you never ever should do. She dates um, one of the vice presidents in the company. And that's good. Yeah. And then, but then of course uh, he breaks her heart and then it starts to starts to derail her career. And all along, all at the same time, there's another male character named Alex. And when she first meets him in the beginning of the book, she can't stand him. And he's just a total dick. And then of course, throughout the novel, he kind of becomes a friend to her. And he's the one that really helps her get off the, you know, get off the pills. And so there's pep. It's also peppered with like eating disorder um, references and uh, friendship, friendship struggles and goals. And, you know, at the end of the novel, it's just kind of like, all right, we're, you know, how, what's going to happen to the rest of her life kind of thing. Yeah. So, so it's great because it's a, it's a story for strong women, but it really deals with like, I mean, issues with women 
aren't really dealt with a lot, I feel like, especially in a it, sort of yeah. mainstream way. Well, definitely because, um, and <laughs> do not laugh, but Jaden sells life insurance, okay? That sounds boring as hell. Yeah. It is literally Wolf of Wall Street from a female's perspective. That's awesome. Selling, selling life insurance, I, this is like how I came to write the story because it's what I, I did that for two years. The craziest experience of my life. It was literally Wolf of Wall Street just minus the hookers and blow at 8 a.m. Although yeah. I'm sure they would have brought that in. If, True. But she had Adderall and her, and her VP boyfriend, so. Oh, yeah. It's, it's a mean, give and take. Yeah. It's, and he was popping it too. So Yeah. 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 No, I mean, and when you have a high pressure job, it's like there's people don't realize that there's it, you have to keep you have to keep going. There's got to be a way to do it. It's yeah, usually, yeah. I and I I swear to God, I I don't know how these guys did it. We would be working from eight a.m. to ten o'clock at night, Monday to Friday, then working eight a.m. to like three p.m. on Saturdays, and then Sundays they sometimes they wanted us in the office making phone calls. It was that's crazy. It was it was literally the most and it, it's and just the culture was just wild it was it's yeah. not the normal corporate america for example they would announce um wait paycheck. yeah your um your audio went out it did oh there you are okay yeah it was weird it popped out for a second sorry oh okay are we good yeah you're fine. i just want you to say all those wonderful gems that we we're gonna miss them Oh, <laughs> yeah. They, um, when the company had weekly meetings, they were kind of, in a, they were, it was like a Zoom type program, about 250 agents. They would announce the top salespeople's paychecks for the week. Like, oh. what, yeah, the amount of money that you made was very public. It was not, um, I mean, people, you know, people don't discuss what they make. It's, you know, you can't go up to someone and say, Hey, what's your salary? Like, that's just, yeah, it's so taboo. I know it's, very, it's not, it's really not kosher, but in this culture, I'm just giving an example of one of the things um, that went on that was just, you know, m like mind blowing. You always like everyone knew everyone else's business and it was just, do they do it as a way to motivate other, each other? Do you think exactly like, you know, Oh, Jane is making 50 to 80,000. Oh, it's well, I mean, exactly. It's exactly why they did it, and it okay. and it it does work because it's it mind fucks with you, especially if there's someone in the office you don't like, and they're, um, you know that they you know they made a thousand dollars more than you last week or something. You're like, yeah, fuck them. I'm gonna go and hustle this week, and I'm gonna you know sell X amount of policies, and you know, yeah. Just that I mean, that's there's there's a motivating thing about that. I can see, but I yeah. can also see how it adds extra pressure. Oh. To you as oh, like, yeah. yeah. Oh, especially, yeah. yeah. Especially if you underperform that week. Oh, if, yeah. are you kidding me? And they always were doing contests. There was always a sales contest. And it was like, and it was always, and I was just such a sucker for this. Like, win a pair of shoes, get, get into this competition, you get a t shirt, ladies versus the guys, blah, blah, blah. I ate it all up. I yeah. just, and now I look back on it, I'm like, I don't want to fucking sell something for a pair of shoes. I'm, like no yeah and I, and i feel like it motivates people to to sell things that they don't need that somebody doesn't need just because they need to get that goal oh are you kidding me i was so yeah. i was and i was selling shit people couldn't afford i just was like oh yeah this uh, you know this this sounds good here and then they'd be playing yeah. left and right <laughs> such a crazy culture we're in in some ways here you know oh definitely well i'm glad i'm i'm in some ways i'm glad it gave you the motivation to write this book because you know so many people want to write and they never do, right? Exactly. And then you did you you self published it? 
I did. I really, okay. I, so I am working on a second novel and that one I'm going to query agents for, but for this novel, I essentially, I started it, um, in Pennsylvania. I banged out a rough draft in nine months and then I moved to LA and, you know, the book kind of took a backseat as I was, uh, you know, like job searching, making friends. And, and then yeah. finally, it was actually my mom that really pushed me. She's like, you got to finish that damn book and get it out into the world. And I knew that if I took time to query agents and went the traditional publishing route, if it mm -hmm. even happened, that book, that book still probably wouldn't even be published. And it was on, put on Amazon two years ago. Yeah. So well, that's actually, that's actually something I think good to hear because probably a lot of people who are doing the same thing where I wrote something, how do I get it out there? I have the same thing. A good friend of mine wrote, directed a feature and he's like, I can try and sell it, but I might just put it out there. And sometimes I think even for your first one, like it may not be like the biggest bestseller, but like the next time you're, you wrote your, you write your novel and you query people, you're like, oh, I already have a book. It's out there. It's selling. It's well, available. Right. Yeah, well, it depends. It depends on what your sales numbers are. Like if they're below a certain threshold it, I, from what I've, from what I've Googled and obviously Google knows everything. Of course. Um, you don't want to tell an agent that you already have a, a book, but also part of me is like, I would love to get that book picked up by a publisher and I don't know how, yeah. I don't know how that all works particularly, but that's okay. But look, it's out there, and now now you have the you have a a tangible piece of something that you can use to shop around, exactly. which you didn't have before. So really, right. you just just do it, you know. Yeah, I think that's the moral of the story: is just do just do it, just do it, just do, just it. do the yeah. damn thing. And uh, and my second novel is actually takes place in Los Angeles. It's a cross between Entourage and Sex in the City. It it's based oh, nice. around, yeah, it's based around four women. Um, so it's a sex in the city type friendship dynamic, but entourage talk. So to, so to say, like, yeah. I like entourage. It's real. Oh, I, oh my God. I'm obsessed with entourage. I actually did background work on entourage ones. You did? Yes. And every time people see this episode, they're like, were you in entourage? And I'm like, oh yeah, that was me. Oh my God. I'm so, I am so, so you've probably seen me, but before you ever met me. I, yeah, apparently I, I was watching entourage. So after college, I lived in Tel Aviv for a year and a half. Oh, nice. And that's when I got into Entourage. My roommate and I, we'd be smoking weed and we'd look at each other and we'd go, what are the boys doing? The boys meaning Entourage. entourage. Yeah. <laughs> so whenever they would smoke in the show, then we would smoke. So we oh, were hanging out with them. I love it. They're all very nice. I do remember, okay, so I'll tell you this because, I mean, it's not a big deal. It was background work, but there was a, but because I worked in film and it was right around the time that that work was slow here like a few years ago when we had the writer's strike in the recession so they were only shooting stuff that was already written and i had i knew the background wrangler so she always made sure i was like pushed towards the front and there was an episode and i don't remember what see i apologize now but uh when one of the characters was on five towns and he was dating uh he was using uh turtle's girlfriend why well, can't remember her name oh i know here yeah i'm i'm yeah I'm so there's an episode where it's raining and he has to kiss he has to kiss um, Turtle's girlfriend, and then he gets poured. I can't. Kevin Dillon's character. No, it's not Kevin Dillon. Why can't I think of these characters' names? I know it's because it's um, been. So, yeah, but it's raining, and it's right before he gets fired. But if right when they yell "cut" and the rain stops, and like mm -hmm. the director walks on the episode, I'm I'm like the director of photography, so I have to walk up with him, and he turns and he talks to me, and I walk off. So I have like an actual close up. It was weird. Yeah. I had to hit a mark and everything. I mean, I have acted before, but I just don't really. 
I'm trying to be a writer, never was trying to be an actor. But it's just yeah. one of those things. Wait a minute, did I just see you on Entourage? And I'm like, yeah. yeah I was on People always asked that when I said I was moving to LA, they're like, oh, do you want to be an actress? I was like, hell no. I'd get kicked off a casting call in a second. As soon as a yeah. producer would tell me I'm too fat, I'd like want to hang myself. So no, no, thank you. You yeah. don't have to look a certain way to write. I mean, maybe you did, but. Exactly. But I mean, it was a fun experience. And like, I work in film, so I'm always on set. But it's just one of those, one of those moments where I was like, oh, that was kind of a fun experience. Yeah. And then I, remember I had a roommate one time. He's like, we should, we should um, binge watch uh, Entourage. And I was like, okay. And I didn't tell him I was on it. And he goes, what the fuck? Was that you? And I was like, yeah, that was, <laughs> just, it, was so, it was so funny. That's so wild. Yes. Yeah. So the book is, so that's basically the premise of the book. And then there's, what I also did is I created a storyline of a single dad and it goes back and forth between the single, the perspective of a single dad and the female characters. And then one of the female characters ends up meeting him, meeting the single dad. And then and this is, this is the, the, the new book you're doing. That's the new book. Yeah. Okay. It's called um, LA fans. I hope LA listeners would like this. The working title is called West of the 405 because oh, okay. yeah. it takes, it basically takes place on the West side. West <laughs> so, side. Yeah. yeah. So that's, I was like, I don't know if people would like that title or not. So if I can get some feedback, that'd be great. I mean, I, I get it. I get, I mean, it's, it's really interesting. Like if you, when you do something sp that's very city specific, right. Yeah. So if you use like a New York term, the rest of the mm -hmm. world probably wouldn't get it. Right. Like I understand West of the 405 because I live, I've lived here my whole life. Right. You yeah, exactly. But I would imagine within the first so this is a TV show in the pilot episode. You would kind of explain it, I would imagine. Mm -hmm. So in the book, you just got to have to explain like why, you know, oh, we, you know, it takes place in Santa Monica or whatever, the west of the 405 exactly. kind of thing. Yeah. I think once you do that, people would get it. But it's not like, I don't know. I think the title's fine. Okay. I, I give it a thumbs up. Okay, cool. Then yeah. I'm, then I'm happy with that. Because yeah. coming up with the title is grueling. You know, and, it, and you might write the book and find that there's something else in there that you want to, you know. Mm -hmm. Call it. That's what know. I want to call it. Yeah. But I do like the title. It's kind of catchy. West Thanks. of the 405. Yeah. I mean, I've been having a lot of issues. For example, the my first novel, Don't Kiss and Sell. Amazon won't let me advertise on their platform because the title is not appropriate for all audiences. Meanwhile, there are there are authors that are advertising on Amazon and they have covers very 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 suggestive covers yeah right and my cover is literally it's just if you look at it it's just the, the silhouette of a female's face that's it it's yeah. completely completely kosher like it's it's very appropriate it's i wonder what it is, if there's an actual word maybe it's the word kiss or something i think it's the word kiss. i think it's the word kiss and I, I i'm like i'm like well i can't change the damn title just because of amazon <laughs> yeah but that's strange because I mean, kissing isn't really. No. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I don't know. There's a lot of movie titles that are much, you know, I don't know. It's strange. These sometimes with algorithms, you just never know. Oh, it's awful. It's, yeah. it's such a pain. So yeah, but I've done, um, like I've run Facebook ads and that's more, I mean, Facebook was okay. That wasn't, um, that wasn't. Well, yeah. Facebook has its own, but that's interesting with Amazon though. Yeah. I was not a happy camper. <laughs> it was like, you can put that as a, I mean, I some movie titles are, you know, or can be a little mm -hmm. Amazon figure this out. Come on. 
Yeah, come on, Jeff Bezos. Support the little girl here. He, yeah, he has too much money to care. He's yeah. getting the pandemic kit, and he's like, thank you. He's like, breaking it in. He's like, cash out. He's like, 200,000 people are dead? Well, I'm making billions, so. Yeah, yeah. He's, Goodness gracious. He likes, he likes the pandemic. He's probably just chilling on a yacht somewhere. Yeah. Doing, yeah. Out in the middle of the ocean where there's no pandemic? Yeah, right, exactly. Right? <sighs> Anyways. Yeah. Um, that's cool. So now, we, so you, you were in L.A., so now you're back home. I am back or, home. Not, not permanently. I'm just taking it. I came home literally right around the time of the pandemic. So it's a little kind of coincidental in a way, but all my friends back in LA tell me, you know, you're really lucky that you're not here because I'm in Pennsylvania. I, I live outside Scranton. If anyone remembers the show, the office, <laughs> was that, was that a show? Was that a big deal? Yeah. The, the, sh- the office. Yeah. It's a, it's a real city. Um, but my, yeah. I'm staying with my parents and they live for the summer, which is now over, of course, it was good. It's been good because um, they live on a golf course and there's pools scattered throughout the throughout the properties and stuff. So it's not like it's not a bad gig in the summer. But then once it gets cold here, I'm just yeah. miserable. miserable. Well, too bad you're not here. And I mean, we here in LA, it's still in the 90s. It's so hot. Like we I had know. like a, we had well, we're also on like. I, I was recording this ahead of time, but we're basically on fire right now. Everything. There's a big fire around me. Right now, the sky looks like it's overcast and it's not. Oh my so god. It's, yeah, it's crazy yeah, I, right now. Yeah, I read about the heat I read about the heat wave and my friend was telling me. And if and if it gets to be like in the nineties in Santa Monica, I can't even imagine what the rest of the city is like. Yeah, I'm in the valley and it was a hundred and seven to hundred and ten in some places. I it's like Las Vegas. Yeah. I know. And there was one day, God, we had, you know, we, I, I lived here my whole life. We were having humidity. We never have humidity here. Oh, that's was, weird. Yeah. And I was like, what the heck is going on? Oh, 2020. Yeah. 2020. Yeah. You know what the thing though is everyone keeps talking about, well, when 2021 comes, it'll like, thank God. Well, I don't think COVID's going to know that it needs to go away because it's 2021. Yeah. <laughs> I think shit will still suck. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I but it, it's not. It's probably gonna still take a time to even recover from. Oh yeah, the remnants of twenty twenty. Yeah, yeah, it's um, it's heartbreaking. I know. So I definitely, I definitely coming back to LA, but there's kind of no point in coming back, you know, presently because what's, you know, what what can I do? You know. Yeah, I mean, work work in my industry is finally picking up. Because people need entertainment, I and mean, we've been on a home for months, so we watched everything. So people are ready for new, right? People need new content. content. Yeah, and and since we're, we're we're a film town, that's great. And I think, if I remember correctly, our governor made it that we were essential workers, so we could actually work. And, oh, that's and, great. and now they've found ways to do it safely, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. But it's still, you know, it's just it's just it takes a second to kind of roll out, right? Because people are like, oh, we can go now. Okay, so we got to start getting permits. It's just takes. It's just like it's, it's just spinning. So it's got to get out there. So September hit, and I feel like, okay, work's starting to pick up. And by October, you know, I'm always working in October. And then it'll probably slow down again to the holidays. Right. You know, and people are like, okay, we we shot some stuff, and then hopefully in 2020, right out of the gate, they're all gonna start up again. Yeah, 2021 January. We're we're ready. We're ready for you. Yeah. So we can we can only hope. Yeah. So. Well, I, I, it's great that like, I'm, I mean, congratulations on writing a book. I always wanted to be a novelist and then somehow I became a screenwriter, <laughs> which is fun. But I, I, I have, I, 
I have sat down many times and tried to write novels, and that's one of my goals someday in the future. But oh. now I write movies. So. I, see, I could never write a movie. I mean, I've read through screenplays, and I'm just like, I, I think I try. I think I fiddled with one page once just to see if I could get the hang of it, and I'm like, nah, I got it. Yeah, it's a different beast. It's so you know. I, I think the hardest part for me when it became to screenwriting was, as a novelist, you have to use your words to sort of describe everything for the audience. Yeah. Right. Like how it feels, how it smells, you know, and you taste yeah. things in the air, but with, with screenplays, you don't because we visually make it. Right. I was right. like, wait, I, what? I spent years learning how to like mm -hmm. figure this out and create moods. So I, and so I have been told that my scripts sometimes are very, like I, I write moods a lot. So I, I still try to make everything sort of descriptive. Oh, that's, that's interesting. I think it's just because I don't know how not to, but yeah. I also, I also want the script, I think, in a way to be sort of like a work of art. So, oh, you know, yeah. even though it's going to be visually different, I want people to read it and go, wow, that's actually a really good read, too. Yeah. Perhaps, oh, I guess. I'm actually, that's, um, so I'm working on the second novel, but I'm also working on um, taking a screenplay that my friend wrote and turning it into a novel. We're going backwards. Yeah, your novel. No, they do that sometimes. They'll, yeah. They'll, yeah, they'll no they novelize movies all the time. Yeah, it's his and the screenplay is hilarious. It takes place in LA and it's about a girl who has a really high level advertising job and she ends up um, getting a felony. Uh, she sells drugs to underage kids and gets caught and she doesn't realize they're underage. So she gets fired from her job and then has to take a position at a competing firm for, at the, the total bottom level. So she went from a VP position to like, you know, clerk. yeah, yeah like the ditches so it's the, uh, um the book or the screenplay talks about her rebuilding her career so i'm that's pretty, actually kind of fascinating yeah i'm pretty pumped about it and her she, the the protagonist is her name's riley and she is hilarious nice oh she's, so, she's so fun she's such a fun character to be creative with so to say and it'll be fun because because you've already written a novel, so you know how to do it, but you're not like creating a character. It's already, the material's there. Yeah, so I'm hoping, I really hope I can, I mean, I'm on page 20 of it. Yeah, hey, that's <laughs> good I'm, though. I'm really hoping I can bang it out by the end of the year. That's my goal because, and, and I hope I can because I already have an outline. Yeah. I have this play. And now I, I'm not just doing this on my own. There's someone that I'm working with. You know what I mean? So I've, to be held accountable and we want to just get this thing rolling. Well, that's actually true because I used to write a lot. And then um, I got introduced to my friend Brantley. Brantley is my writing partner and we had a mutual friend and he was moving to LA and my friend's like, Oh, you should meet Michael. Michael makes horror movies. You like horror. And Brantley messaged me not to write. He just didn't know anybody in Los Angeles. And yeah. we just both happen to be gay guys who like horror. So it was like, we already had like a sort of, <laughs> I know. And we sort of had like this mutual uh, thing right there. That was like, we have common ground. Yeah. And he was moving out here with his husband. It's like, that's cool that, you know, I, I'll have like people that I, that I'm very similar with that to hang out with. And then um, I read one of Brantley's scripts and I was like, guys, he writes really good. And what I liked about Brantley oh. is, Yes, he writes very well. So, <laughs> I'm a writer, not an editor. <laughs> and and what was interesting is I noticed with very similar style. Mm -hmm. But he, so like I said, I wanted to be a novelist. So I used to spend a lot of time trying to write novels. Mm 
So he, as a writer, was further along, and he's younger than me, so he was further along at his age than I was at mm -hmm. his age in screenplays because I didn't start that right away. So okay. um, I was in the process of a – somebody asked me to adapt a short film I wrote into a script, and I was like, I don't have any ideas. I go, hey, Brantley, do you want to help me with this? Maybe we can come up with some ideas. And he's like, yeah, and we wrote it, and it was like we banged that thing out like it was nothing. And it was yeah. – we. I'm like, wow, we actually know how to do that because, you know, writing with other people is very – different yeah and he doesn't live he lives a little he lives outside of la so it's not like i can just go to his house and write so we had right. to do it sort of remotely and i was and i at this time i had already written a script with two other people one of them is victor miller he wrote the original friday the 13th oh wow and the three of us wrote the script and none of, i knew we, i knew the two guys but they never met we did this completely online so do you when you Okay, because that I've never done, like actually co-write with someone. Do you, is it that someone is writing a certain character and someone's writing another character? Or do you, it, you know, do you I'm, and people ask this all the time, and I really think it depends. When I wrote with the other two, with Victor and, and my friend Martin, we wrote a horror movie. We had an idea of what we wanted, and mm -hmm. then we kind of had a, had like a vague outline. And then each of us wrote one third of the script. Right. So okay. Because there's usually three acts. And so uh, I think Martin wrote this. We did this years ago. Martin wrote the first act. I think I wrote the middle 30 mm -hmm. pages and then Victor wrote the third. But because Victor was the older, older person, he was also, you know, he, he'd won a few Emmys. He wrote the largest horror franchise ever. Doing. <laughs> so, so we're like, look, you can then he went through and polished it. Yeah. Right? And that worked. So it made it like cohesive. But before like. One person would write the 30 pages and we'd talk about it. And then I would write my 30 pages and we'd talk about it. Okay. And the, so that, that's how that worked. But with Brantley and I, Brantley, like I said, we're so similar. I mean, we really are. Like I can go back and read a script we both wrote and I'd be like, wait, did I write that section? Because we're very, very similar. Oh, that's so very how, cool. So how Brantley and I do it is we talk about the story and where we want it to go. Mm -hmm. And then he'll be like, hey, I have some ideas of how I want to start the story. If you don't mind, I'll start it. And then like, he'll send me maybe like 10 pages and I'll look at it and maybe I'll adjust some things and tweak it and clean it up. And then I kind of push the story forward a little bit more. Right. Maybe another 10 pages and then he'll read it and he'll be like, Hey, do you have any more thoughts or can I take it? So we kind of, so with Brantley and I, it's a give and take. It's completely oh. different. And okay. I've never had a writing partner like that ever, ever. Wow. Like he's like, it's like anomaly with he, he and I. Yeah. That's and, a really cool dynamic. Yeah. I mean, I'm very blessed in that sense, but I say all that to say, we definitely hold each other accountable. That's good. And, you know, because there'll be times, because we both got hired to write, we've written two scripts. We're on our second one right now. Mm -hmm. And, like, with the second script we wrote, he took the lead on the first draft. And so then I took the lead on the second draft. Like, we, were, we got notes, and so I took the lead. But um, usually I film a lot. So, like, I work, you know, 12, 13 hours a day, five, six yeah. days a week. In which case, he will take over the writing in that sense, and then I clean it up. But this one, I mean, since we're on a pandemic, I was like, well, I mean, I guess I'll just, I'm not doing anything, so I'll look at yeah. it. So we just have a, a style that works for us. Yeah. And people always tell me, like, how do I find a writing partner? I go, I mean, that's such a loaded question because Ooh, um, yeah. everybody has, I mean, that's the thing is like, this town is so busy, everybody has their own style. And I don't think there's a specific way, but you really want to find somebody who understands your goal. Right. right. And your vision and it can help you 
you guys want to lift each other up. So I think with you and, and this girl, like it's her story. So she's definitely going to, it's a guy, but that's okay. <laughs> oh, I'm so, I thought you said no, she, okay. no, no, she's the protagonist. He, I don't know how he did this, but he, so the guy that wrote the screenplay male, he wrote a screenplay about a female. And I'm just like, how, how, I mostly like, write female characters too. He's like a 28 year old dude and he did it. And he was, it was very, I mean, there's some things that I'm changing, but it was yeah. very spot on. And you know, I, was, I had a play produced in 2011. It was all Latino characters. And I'm not even Latino. I wrote an entire movie with just Latino characters and I'm not even Latino. I just, it just had a story that needed to be written. But I mean, because of that, I did tons of research, right? Yeah. And then I, I, if there was a scenario where I was like, uh, I know I would handle it this way probably because culturally this is how we are. And I would yeah. reach out to my Latino friends and be like, how would you handle this or your culture? And they'd be like, oh, yeah, because uh, based on our religion or based on gender or based on culture. Right. So right. I, I would do that. But I mean, I always – Brantley and I both always write really strong women. I'm just – I'm driven to more women characters. But I've had – you know, my mother was a strong presence in my life. So yeah. is my grandmother. So I think I'm just driven as well. But I never write. I just write a, a character. I don't. They just happen to be black, white, Latino, gay, straight, older, younger. I just want to write good characters. So I never really. I never use that as a hindrance. Yeah. But it is interesting that you think that you're like, yeah, this guy wrote a good woman. I know it's very rare. But you, as a as a straight woman, could probably write a story about a young gay kid, and you're not gay. I don't. But know. you under. Huh. Like I, I don't know. I don't know if I could. Like, I, I mean, I'd have to do a lot of digging and really, yeah, of course. you know, d like interview. I couldn't just do it off the top of my head. If yeah, exactly. Was. I don't think I, it's not like, I don't know. You know what I mean? I'm, I have never walked the shoes of a 25 year old gay man. So exactly. It's, you know, it's only, I, I can't do it from an inside perspective only from, well, but I think, I think what's great about writers is that we have a capacity to empathize and sort of put ourselves in those shoes. And then you understand what it's like to be hurt and get broken up with and try to date and da, da, da. And I think in a way you sort of relate your experiences and then how your character would put themselves in that situation. Okay. That's what I do with when I write women. Like I know what it's like, maybe because I'm a gay guy and I think in a lot of ways, I think like a woman, yeah. which is probably, but, but I understand but I see it all the time. You know, this is very interesting. So the job that I do in film, I do, I do direct and write, but sometimes I do my other job. And it's very, it's a very um, female, it's what's considered more of like a female job because okay. I'm a script supervisor. And I, it started off with women. It's very secretarial. And so it's, we're treated like, like it's a job that women do. Yeah. And I, I see it from a, from a white male perspective of how different the position is treated because people think women do it. Mm -hmm. Right. Even though a lot more men are doing it now. Uh, but the difference is, is because a lot of people in this industry, what is it? Like being a nurse, essentially. Yeah. And it's like, but the yeah. weird thing is, is because I'm a white male, like they try to treat it like, and I, I actually speak up and be like, no, you, you have to understand that just because women do this position, it's so important. And this is why you need it. And so I just try to use my voice to explain that to people. That's amazing. But it's, it's so, but it's, so frustrating to me that people have this mental block about it that they're just like oh it's like that is it's like absolutely asinine and absurd I, so i think in a lot of ways i have been blessed enough to be in these positions where i can look at it from that perspective mm -hmm. right so 
I mean, I, I but like I said, that's just part of being part of being older and the things I've experienced. But I, I can't imagine that you when you write stories, everything's so universal, right? Yeah. The struggles of life. Like you said, like you, you related your story, you know, don't kiss and sell all the struggles that she went through. You said, it's just like Wolf of Wall Street. Yes. In the, in the sense of the feel of the story. Exactly. And yeah. so, which means you're, you're just, you're just doing universal themes. So even though I'm not a woman, I could probably relate to the story in a lot of ways. Oh, definitely. Exactly. I mean, interesting. I've had a lot of male friends read the story and I've had more I've had more feedback from males than I have from females. It's, just, it's a very interesting thing then in that sense of like how. Yeah. Exactly. So yeah. I, I just, I'm just saying that's probably why that, that young man was able to write about a woman because he's, he, he can relate the universal themes and then you just adapt it to how your character would be. Yeah. Right. So if, you, if you're writing a woman and, and you know, like you have a specific scenario, you just have to go, how would my character who happens to be a woman handle mm-hmm. this situation? Right. Right. I, I go, when I create characters, I re- I base them a lot off of people that I know. And then, you know, pick yeah, I think that's great. And then, you know, exact. And then of course, you know, whatever quality they have that I'm trying to emphasize, I'll, I'll really exaggerate it because obviously that will, you know, that's a more compelling story than just like, you know, the typical yeah, right. bullshit. That's not that exciting. So. That's so fascinating. Well, I think we've taught our audience so much today about writing and the experiences of you. Do you have anything? Um, how can people find you? Um, they can find me on Instagram at Jillian Rose Writes. I also have a website, JillianRoseWrites.com. Which the show notes. Thank you. And then um, you can also find Don't Kiss and Sell on Amazon and please check it out. You guys, please, please, please check it out. Please support um, independent artists. We need you more than ever now in this time. And this is a great book. Go check it out. Again, uh, Jillian, thank you so much for being on the show. Thanks so much for having me, Mike. You're so sweet. Yeah, we've talked a few times. We formed a friendship, so I'm excited about that. Yes. (laughs) And and good luck on your second book. Oh, thank you. You will. All right, everybody, this is Michael Cologne with Mimosas with Michael. Thank you, Jillian. You can find us on iTunes, iHeartRadio, Spotify. We're on Instagram TV now, YouTube. I mean, just Google Mimosas with Michael and you will find us. Everybody have a great day. Thank you so much.